Hello and welcome to this inaugural PBPA podcast. We are excited to have Justine Cowan, a PBPA staff attorney with us today to speak to us a little bit about some of the concerns we're hearing from our clients uh, related to contract cancellations, um, force majeure during this time of COVID-19. Justine, thanks for joining us. It's nice to chat with you virtually. Happy to be here. Thank you, Sarisha. So a little bit about pro bono partnership before Justine and I chat a little more about contract cancellations. Um, pro bono partnership of Atlanta is an organization that provides free legal assistance to Atlanta area nonprofits through our network of in-house and law firm attorneys. For more inf information on who is eligible to be a client, or if you're interested in applying for our services, please visit our website, which is pbpatl.org. Also at our website, you'll find some amazing resources specifically targeted to Georgia nonprofit organizations, including articles and webcasts focused on your business legal concerns. Check it out. And just a quick reminder that this webcast and the information that Justine is going to be sharing today is just general advice. If you have specific questions about your organization, um, please reach out to your attorney or legal counsel. And so Justine, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we're hearing from our clients. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of uncertainty, of course, right now. And our clients have had events and programming pl placed for a long time, and now it's, um, a lot of it's being canceled. Uh, one thing we've heard about recently are major special events like a gala. If one of our clients had a major gala planned for May and had to cancel it, um, what do they do with the contracts, with their venue, with their cater? Can they get out of those contracts? Well, the number one advice that I have is first, don't panic. Um, these are really challenging times for everyone. And I've done my share of event planning in my nonprofit career. And I know how stressful it can be to have a key event postponed or canceled, particularly if it's a fundraising event and and you want to reach out to your donors or your clients, um, just know that you're not alone. All nonprofits are facing the same challenges. And also, here at Pro Bono Partnership, we are here to help you figure out your next steps. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens in these circumstances um, with two caveats. One is that it's very fact-specific, um, and it depends on um, the particular circumstances that you're facing. And then also these are unprecedented times. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty in how courts are going to interpret things moving forward. But what we do know is that the first line of inquiry in what you're going to need to do is to take a look at your contract. Most contracts have a provision that's called a force majeure provision. So force majeure is a French term that translates to superior force. Um, and it's traditionally been applied to unpredictable events such as natural disasters, war, disease, certain government actions. 
Now, courts tend to construe these provisions very strictly. Um, and so ideally in that provision in your contract, it would have the words pandemic or disease. Or um, if the contract um, wasn't able to be performed because of a shelter in place order, you can also look for provisions that have something like government acts um, or terms like that. Um, other provisions in your contract, if you don't have a force majeure provision, look for things like a termination clause, a cancellation clause, or words that say impossible or impractical. So read your contract really thoroughly for anything that might address the particular situation that we're in. Um, now, how courts are going to interpret that contract, um, typically they look at the plain language of the contract. They'll also look at some other factors such as whether or not the events were beyond the reasonable control of the parties, which in terms of a pandemic, chances are that will be satisfied. Unforeseeability. Um, and if your contract was entered into a year ago, I think the global pandemic was probably unforeseeable. Um, but it's also important that the contract cancellation or the problems with the contract were actually caused um, by the pandemic and not just during the same time period. So those are some of the things that the court might look at um, in interpreting your contract. Okay, so is there anything that um, I would have to do to, to have the force majeure clause work, like give notice or anything like that? That's a great question, Sarisha. Um, once you've found the place in your contract that tells you how the party should relate in when there's a problem, um, you also need to look to see if there's any obligations that are put upon you or the other party um, in terms of notice or another term we're talking about called mitigation. So for example, the contract might say, if you can't perform under the contract, you have to notify the other party in writing um, within 10 days or something like that. So make sure you read your contract thoroughly to look for things like that that might put an obligation on you um, to let uh, the other party know and have some sort of communication. And also make sure to follow any um, anything that says how that communication has to happen, which I know can be difficult if it says, for example, certified mail, that might be a little more challenging um, in these times. A lot of times there's also a duty to mitigate. So what does that mean? Um, let's think about an example. Like let's say there's a tenant moves in and, um, and after a month, they have a year long lease and after a month they move out. So it might be in the contract that they're required to pay all the rent through the end of the lease. Well, that's 11 months. Um, so the landlord probably has a duty to mitigate, which means to try to find someone else to move into that apartment to make sure that the damages are as low as they can be. You can take that concept and apply it here. Is there something that you could have done or the other party could have done to reduce the damages um, that resulted from the contract, um, the contract cancellation or interruption? Okay, got it. But um, what if my contract doesn't have a force majeure clause or what if I don't have a contract at all? Well, um, there's a concept in the law called equity that is probably going to apply in this circumstance. And so, of course, equitable power is the ability to basically create a fair resolution in light of the circumstances. Um, it can be viewed as akin to the golden rule, like do unto others. 
um, a party must give equity to receive equity. And so what a court is going to look at um, is how did the parties deal and what would be the most fair resolution under the circumstances. So in all your dealings with the other party to the contract in the coming days and weeks, it's going to be important to make good, um, good faith efforts to work things out before turning the courts, uh, turning to the courts, not to mention the fact that the courts are probably going to be strained for years to come when dealing with issues having to do with COVID. So it might be a better idea to try to work this out um, amicably with um, the other party. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so what's, do you have an estimate of what's the probability I'll get my money back? Well, again, it depends. And you should take a look at the contract and see if there is a provision in there that anticipated that something was going to go wrong and basically decides in advance whether or not a party should get a refund back or something like that. If you don't have that provision, chances are, again, those the concept of equity that we talked about um, would probably um, dictate the result. What is a fair and reasonable result under the circumstances? Okay. And what if the situation is flipped? What if I'm on the other side of the contract? Um, what if, for example, my organization is supposed to host an event at our space and we're no longer able to um, with shelter in place? And uh, if a deposit was paid, do I have to return that money to the other party? Again, the same principles are going to apply whether or not you're the party who wanted to hold the event or whether you were allowing the party to come in and hold the event at your facility. You're going to look to the contract, see what the provisions are. Um, do you have to give notice? What type of things you have to do to mitigate? And then if it's not in the contract, um, then those principles of equity and what is fair is reasonable are going to apply. And again, try to work it out. Um, these are challenging times and I don't think anyone is going to want to end up in court over this because that's going to be costly um, for everyone involved and it's the court systems are going to be clogged up for years to come. And what about insurance? Um, will insurance help me? Will that protect my nonprofit? It's possible. Um, some nonprofits take out event insurance and if you've taken out event insurance, then you should definitely look at that policy. Sometimes you can have something called business interruption insurance that may or may not apply. Um, this is really the time to go dig in and look at those insurance policies that you have and look at the uh, fine print, um, give your insurance broker a call. Um, but many times we don't have, uh, nonprofits can't afford um, to buy insurance. And so unfortunately uh, it's possible that you won't be covered. Um, it sounds like uh, many of our nonprofit clients might be looking into those uh, insurance options. Um, what else have we learned from this? Do you have suggestions for what else an organization might do differently in the future? Well, I think what we've learned from this experience is probably going to evolve over the next coming weeks and the coming months. Um, but I think we've already learned about the importance of taking a look at our contracts closely um, in terms of how they are going to be impacted in case there's an unforeseeable event. So already a global pandemic is no longer unforeseeable, so your contract should um, definitely reflect that, but there's probably other events out there um, that we don't know um, that might interrupt the ability of you to hold your event or to host an event on your 
um, at your facility. And so we should take very close, uh, pay close attention to the provisions of our contract. Um, and for example, have a PBA uh, attorney uh, review those. Um, and you also might want to think about whether or not you need to review your current contracts um, and what have been uh, ones that you entered into prior to the global pandemic and to see if they're still sufficient and maybe you need to um, make some changes there. And of course, insurance um, is also a good thing to be looking at in terms of lessons learned and whether or not you need insurance uh, moving forward. Yes, uh, lots of lessons learned, Justine. Um, is this something that I should try to work out on my on my own um, with the contract cancellation? There are always circumstances that are simple and straightforward, and um, you are absolutely welcome to work it out on your own. A lot of contracts can be more complicated, and it also depends on the circumstance. So we really encourage you to reach out to us um, in this crisis to help you um, figure out what the next steps are, how to interpret the contract, how to negotiate with the other party. Um, and before contacting us, make sure you um, gather any contracts, insurance policies, and other correspondence. And um, we would be happy to help you because that's what we're here for. All right, well, thank you, Justine, for, um, for this conversation. It's very helpful, very enlightening. and. Once again, please know that Justine's information today was just general guidance. Please reach out to your PBPA attorney with any specific questions you might have for your organization. And you can also find other resources on our website. Thank you for joining us today.